0: Welcome to the Scaling Up with Autos Talent podcast, where we speak with revenue leaders at fast growth technology scale-ups, hearing about their journeys. We'll cover topics including challenges they face scaling teams and lessons that have been learned along the way. Today we speak with Jessica Longley, who is the NewBet Senior Partnerships Manager at Revolut. Starting her career at Amazon, Jess gives us insights into the challenges of perfectionism and developing the confidence to be heard. She walks us through her career journey and gives insights into how Revolut is taking steps to improve diversity in the workplace. You don't want to miss this one. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining the Scaling Up With Autos Talent podcast. So We are absolutely delighted to have you here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, look, um, I guess just to kind of kick us off, we're going to obviously just have a little bit of a chat through about your background, challenges that you faced um, within your career and, you know really just giving some inspo to the listeners about, you know, your background and how you've overcome all that. So and any, you know, tidbits for advice and all that great stuff. So uh, super excited to, to get this going. So um, I guess just to kind of kick us off, do you want to just give us a bit of an overview of your career background and, you know, where you've come from and how you've ended up in your role as New Bet Strategic Partnerships Manager at Beverly?
1: Sounds good. Um, so I'm Jess I am 26, mm-hmm. and I am actually French, so born in France, but I currently live in London, and initially started my career as so a post-uni um, after studying economics at Amazon, so in their grad program, and um, the kind of main bulk of the work that I was doing there was um, working on the retail side in consumables, um, looking after some of our bigger strategic uh, accounts and making sure that they grow on amazon through kind of different aspects uh, that included stock marketing um year plans etc and i was there for two years within that role Mm -hmm. and then i got promoted and moved to actually a completely different role within amazon and wanted to move the reason why i moved to a different role within amazon is i wanted a completely different Um, I wanted to kind of rejiggle my career and stuff that I was doing. So I was looking for more of a, more ownership, more startup-y vibe. And I moved actually into Amazon Shipping, which at the time was a new venture. I think it was around a year old. Mm -hmm. And um, joined their team as a biz dev manager. So mainly looking at getting new people to use Amazon shipping, but also helping the team build the product. So working on different projects around that. And I did that for a year, Mm -hmm. super good experience. Um, But I felt that because I was still within Amazon, the culture was relatively similar. I knew the people, it wasn't that big of a change. That's the one I initially for. Um, So it led me to look elsewhere and to what I do now, which is, um, so I moved into Revolut, which is a FinTech, for anyone who doesn't know, and uh, moved into a Biz Dev role, and then recently got promoted, so now a senior Biz Dev role, and I can go into a little bit more about what I do at Revolut as well, but that's a little snapshot of career so far.
0: Brilliant, that sounds great. Um, So in terms of Revolut, definitely give us some overview about your role there now. I'm sure the listeners would be really keen to understand that.
1: Cool. Um, so yeah, I work well, so now I'm currently in between two different teams, but I sit in the global business team and specifically in the BizDev partnerships vertical. So what that means is um, I tend to bucketize what I do in three different buckets. Okay. First,
0: <laughs> I, I love know. a bucket analogy. <laughs>
1: um, but the first bucket is around identifying um, new ideas that help grow Revolut. So depending on the team, that could be different KPIs. Mm. Um, But ultimately, yeah, making sure that um, we're growing our retail user base uh, when I was in the growth team. And that means brainstorming, coming up with new ideas, uh, bringing external, internal data, making the right assumptions to build a business case around that idea. And once you've got the idea, it's obviously confirming those assumptions, and uh, building the right business case so that you can get that idea approved. And that moves us to the second bucket, um, which is around identifying the right partner or partners to bring the idea to life. And for that, it's um, building a pitch deck, reaching out, commercially negotiating, closing contracts, and which brings us to our last step and final step, Um, which is um, what we call kind of gtm strategy and it's more of a project management role and it's looking at um, making sure that you've got the right stakeholders um, all aligned towards the same launch date and ultimately yeah taking care of that whole roadmap and once it's launched making sure it's working correctly and optimizing as we go
0: brilliant that sounds like a really varied role so you've got a lot of Business development, but project management, negotiation, and all that great stuff. Right, cool. Bit of a mix, that's yeah. Gets a bit intense sometimes. <laughs> awesome. Um, thanks so much for that insight. So um, we're going to take it back a little bit, um, and we're going to talk about, I guess, when you were, you know, a young fledgling um, at school, maybe, you know, considering your career path. Um, you know, what did you actually want to do or be when you were younger? so something completely different. Okay. Um, <laughs> when So when I was in school, I actually wanted to
1: be an investigative journalist um, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason behind that is I actually had a really good history teacher when I was in year eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And he was very interested in the Israelo palestinian conflict. And he recommended these books by this journalist, which I read, and... At the time, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, not the conflict, obviously, but the job in itself and um, and going there and, and meeting and uh, interviewing different people. And so I actually, um, when I was choosing the languages that I had to study when I was in school, I chose Russian because I thought, oh, you know, if ever I'm an investigative journalist, Russian, I could probably uh, go to Russia and kind of um, do some investigative work there, which I thought was quite interesting at the time but then completely veered off that. So
0: Fair enough. And what, what led you to kind of, well, get to where you are today? What what were the steps that you took in order to, I guess, study economics? Um, and then from there, go into doing, well, more of like a commercial role within Amazon, for example. Yeah, so I actually, so when I left school, I was still interested in, in journalism, but
1: I didn't want to do that as a degree because I felt like you might not need a journalism degree to do journalism. Um, but I went to a French high school, and you have to choose uh, paths when you're 16, 17, and you can choose between three: so economics, science, or literature. And at the time, I chose economics when I was 16, um, just because it was the subjects that I, it matched with the subjects that I was better in. And so I think just naturally, then that led me to choose economics at uni. I don't think it was a very like in-depth. Um, research or thinking, to be honest, if I had to do it back, I don't know if I would choose economics again.
0: Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think that's a pretty standard kind of move, yeah, you know? Like, what did I do well at at it's school? Um, then do that at university. Okay. Makes total sense. Awesome. Um, so I guess in terms of, let's bring it back again to present day. So, um, you know, do you see any of the qualities of the job that you wanted when you were younger in your current role? So, you know, is anything from maybe... Being an investigative journalist, that actually now <laughs> you can see similar qualities or skill sets that you're now utilising at Revolute, for example.
1: Yeah, so I'd say two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, first one is, I mean, again, I've, not that I've ever really delved deep into like investigative journalism, but my assumption is that you need, you know, good people skills. You need to be able to get earn trust from the people that you interview. Um, so that I would say definitely matches with the partnerships role where you're reaching out to people you need to earn trust with them you need to build that relationship with them and um, so that's one and maybe the second thing that I would mention is there's a lot of research that goes behind a journalism role and in that kind of first bucket that I was talking about someone was thinking about new ideas and building that business case it's a lot of research as well
0: there absolutely see it all makes sense you know <laughs> there we go
1: it's pretty much the same role right
0: well yeah yeah Similar, definitely have the similarities there awesome um great so in terms of your career date, um what do you think has been I guess the hardest pill to swallow in your career like what has been um you know I guess the biggest lesson that you've learned when when building your career to date so for me I would say it's actually um so I'm
1: a bit of a not perfectionist, but I like to have control of a lot of the stuff that I do and work on. And what I've learned, which was for me a hard pill to swallow, is that mistakes are going to happen or things are going to go a bit awry. And I think as I grew in my career, I learned how to deal with those better. And, and that even if you do your utmost best and you're you know, rocking it, something might still go wrong and you, you need to be able to handle that. And just as a, like, I'm quite an anxious person, so if something goes wrong, I'll feel it, and I'll definitely be kind of yeah. on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned how to deal with that, and I think that was the hardest pill to swallow. Like, mistakes are going to happen, things are going to go wrong, and it's, For sure. it's okay. For
0: sure. Can you give us an example of maybe, like, a mistake that has, yeah. that's really resonating in your mind right now? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell from your face that you're like, yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah, so I can actually talk about something that happened recently, Um, and again, like a good, it's actually a, it's a good learning curve for me. Um, but we have a, a bunch of different partners that we launch, um, marketing initiatives with, let's say, and we changed something in the process recently, which has an impact on a bunch of different partners. I'm not going to go too much into detail. Um, but long story short, we had an upcoming partner that was about to launch in, let's say a month. And I had to make a decision whether I let them know about this change or not. And contractually, we were fine to not let them know about the change because we were in our right to make that change. Mm-hmm. And so I made the decision to be a little bit more blurry around that. Okay. And now looking back, I think transparency is much better. It avoids a lot of conflict because um, in it, long story short what happened is we launched they noticed obviously the change and they felt like it wasn't what we'd agreed and yes contractually we're in our right, but it damaged the relationship in that sense so key learning for me even if it's a bit uncomfortable do you have the conversation or if you lose out the partner because of that change um yeah transparency is key that's actually one of the key learnings i had recently
0: I have definitely experienced a similar thing in my career and I would absolutely, I'm, I'm all about transparency, even to the point where, you know, with clients, you need to be really honest and tell them exactly what's going on because otherwise you're not going to be able to give them feedback on anything and the feedback from them as well is also really, really key for for any product growth, any professional growth and all those kinds of things as well. So that's, that's awesome to hear and... Glad to hear. <laughs> I guess unfortunately, you might have had some tough learnings from that, but we're rocking the wave right now through it. So yeah, I'll let you know how, where where we end up with that. So I guess within within that side of things, obviously we're facing I guess the hardest pill to swallow with that. Um, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about a moment where you felt a serious turning point in your career? Something that you know it could be something quite pivotal something that happened which was also maybe a promotion can you talk us through the journey of how that happened
1: yeah so I would say so the way that I've navigated my career is a little bit random so it's not I'm not the most like I don't have a five-year or ten-year plan Mm -hmm. and I tend to be a little bit more sporadic um but I would say what was a turning point for me and it sounds really small but initially so in a period of my career where I was initially gonna I was thinking of leaving uh, a company. I started the, um, what's it called? The interviewing process with different companies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's at that stage that I realised the amount of experience and knowledge I'd gained. The, I was a lot more comfortable in those interviews and I was getting a lot more yeses than at my like initial first step of career. So I think for me, that was a turning point to to really understand that actually, yes, I can move and there are other opportunities and uh, I can can do it. I think that was the first time that I really had that uh,
0: moment, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting interviewing because obviously throughout the interview process, when you prep for an interview, you have to think about all the key things that you've learned and demonstrate those within the interview. So I guess that probably reinforced everything that you had done because you were talking about it giving key you know examples of all your achievements and therefore <laughs> you're probably reflective thinking Do you know what i actually got this yeah. <laughs> so that is great to hear awesome um, and for anyone listening you know consider that you know really write down some key achievements that you've made if you're wondering about you know how well you've you've come so far in your career and all that great stuff i guess bringing it back to the what the industry that you're in so obviously revolut neobank um done phenomenally well had really fast growth scale up um within the fintech space and within the industry we definitely see a little bit of you know there's a little bit more of a need for diversity <laughs> within within the workforce um and uh, you know it's, it's a pretty well known fact so for example fintech magazine actually released in their fintech top 100 leaders list of c-suite professionals um only 30 percent of them were females so you know, with this as being a bit of an issue with gender diversity across the board, but also, you know, I'm sure at Revolut it's pretty well <laughs> well known. Um, why do you think that there is such a gender disparity um in or inequality in the fintech industry? Yeah, good question. Um I think I don't know if I'm gonna talk specifically about Revolut
1: or the overall kind of fintech space. I think it's traditionally or historically being a bit of a boys' club. Um, and as such, it brings, it's it's harder to um, crash through it, if that makes sense, because the, or in my experience, the culture's slightly different in potentially some of these fintech or or older financial um, companies. And what I mean by difference in culture, it's it might be a little bit more aggressive, it might be just men on the table and, they potentially might talk over you or um, resonate more with the uh, same gender on that kind of table, let's say.
0: So do you think one of the barriers is that because there are men at the table, it's harder for a woman to go in and feel like their voice is going to be heard because it's a bit yes, intimidating that them. was
1: a better way to put it, <laughs> definitely. Um, and I think, cause, I guess just from personal experience, even for me coming in, it took a while to get my footing in that world and I also don't I mean I did economics but I don't come from a uh bank or 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 that kind of background I came from a, a retail working space um so it definitely took a while to get that kind of respect or that that value as well and um making sure and this is something that we chatted about before as well but I didn't want to change as well the way that I am like I don't want to be an aggressive person because everyone's quite aggressive around me I want to find a different way to be able to you know get heard and get respected mm. um, so yeah being as, like again like kind of that being assertive piece and uh, still making sure that you are a pillar for others around you so that more kind of collaborative approach is the way that I personally prefer to to, to work and, would lead in that way
0: I guess this nice leads me in quite nicely to you know anyone entering the industry or anyone who is in maybe a more male-dominated environment within the world of software or fintech or tech in general what advice would you give to them to help overcome those challenges like what have you done what practical advice have you done well, well examples can you give that you've how you've overcome that challenge
1: yeah for me it's really trusting myself and the value that I bring which isn't very tangible it's quite hard to actually put in place but it's getting an understanding that or yeah getting an understanding that the different opinions and um, supposedly facts that people are bringing in might not be facts you are you know they can be challenged you uh, can also bring your opinion to the table and Continuing to to do that, even if it's in small increments, Um, it's really, really good. And I actually remember one of um, my senior vendor managers at the time at Amazon was a really good mentor for me. And she was the one who said, you know, even in team meetings, um, I was a little bit earlier in my career, but she said, even in team meetings, um, even if you just say one thing, say one thing and then you'll, you'll build that confidence and you'll feel a lot. It'll be a lot easier in the future to 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 yeah to feel confident in, in your value and take your space
0: basically. I like that. Love that. It's great advice. Absolutely. Um, okay, great. So, can you give us some examples of um, anything within Revolut, for example, that has been done to improve gender diversity within the workplace there?
1: Yeah. So there's a big we. We reshuffled a lot of our initiatives, um, and we actually have a new POC now who is in charge of diversity. So not only gender diversity, but um, all types of diversity. And they have, I believe, it's like a ten-step approach. I won't remember off the top of my head all of the the steps.
0: Check out the website. Yeah, reput. check com. out the website.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, increasing inter- uh, female interviewers in the interview process, and again, I think we. We had a chat about that as well, but um, it does have quite a big impact as to how many females are actually being pushed through the loop and uh, and ultimately hired. Mm-hmm. And we're also doing a big push with uh, mentoring programmes and we're also uh, creating a bunch of different events within Revolut where we have external uh, POCs talking about um, how to overcome specific challenges um, to make sure that we're... Yeah, growing and getting more and more females in.
0: Great, so at what point in Revolut do you get assigned a mentor? So
1: good question, so we get a buddy um, from from the day that you start, and a mentor, it's a relatively new process, so you can sign up, and um, you can sign up whenever in your process, you can sign up when you join. Um, It's something you can discuss with your manager as well to implement, and you can become a mentor, I believe if you are like of a certain level or have been there for a certain amount of time, don't quote me on this, but <laughs> I think that's it.
0: Okay, it's like some awesome initiatives, I have to say. And are you a mentor or have you got a mentee? I'm in the process of being a mentor. Yeah. Uh, I am the
1: functional manager of a few different people, so actually I just got a new functional manager who sits slightly outside of my team um, so that we can work together on some of the more kind of retail growth initiatives that we have to implement on the business side. So he's, uh, yeah, someone on the business. Love that.
0: Sounds fantastic. Okay, awesome. So um, it sounds like Revolut are really trying to change things and um, really actively trying to help that, which is so great to hear because you know I think ultimately within tech there is still the gender diversity problem. There is a general overall diversity issue in the tech industry and in, in general. So. You know, all these initial little initiatives, all this extra awareness will really help to sort of shift the needle, which is awesome to hear. We love that. Absolutely. Exactly. So what is the best piece of advice that you have received in your career?
1: Best piece of advice. Um, so I kind of touched on a couple of points earlier, okay. um, but I would say, And this will come again from the senior vendor manager from Amazon, who was, yeah, honestly a great mentor to me. And uh, actually had a chat with her on, well, via LinkedIn and via a call relatively recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, two bits of advice. Um, One, I think just herself, she was such a big advocate for. Um, gender diversity, but also giving advice to other women to make sure that they felt heard. They gave space, she gave space to women, etc. And I think for me, I looked up to her a lot and I think a lot of the things she did, I try and mirror in my work as well. So it's not really a piece of advice she gave, but it's more me kind of mirroring what she does. And then in terms of piece of advice, it's really the two, so one, to be okay with making mistakes, that's a really big one that I learned re- relatively recently, the last year or so. And then the second one is, um, yeah, taking up space. And if you are a bit more shy or it's a little bit more complicated for you, to take little steps and that grows over time. Um, and to take, sorry, last one as well is to take any opportunity to, I don't know, public speak, for example, if that's what you're interested in. So, for example, for me, Within Amazon and within Revolut, if there is an opportunity to public speak, I will take it because it's not my number one skill and I am interested in developing that. So I think that's also.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we met at the Women in Tech event, right, at High Sport HQ, HQ, yeah. um, where you're on the panel, which is absolutely awesome. So we have a question on, I guess, the next guest who would be on our podcast. Um, so without knowing who they are, mm-hmm. what question would you ask the next guest?
1: probably something around what it I mean I don't know whether this person has changed a lot like their career or their jobs um over time but what it takes for them to make a decision to leave a job Mm -hmm. because I think it's I mean yeah obviously if you get fired it's a bit different but making that decision whether to stay in a job or leave is one that a lot of people would have but there's not a lot of great question you know feedback or and I've definitely been in that position where i didn't know whether i should leave or or stay
0: should you take the leap or not you know should you tough it out ride the storm or should you you know does the grass look greener but is it really greener you know have you got a good gig and you don't really realize it a bit of a fun question how we'd like to just end it on so who would you like to play you in a film
1: damn (laughs) (laughs) um Good question. I'm trying to think as well of who I like as actors, because yes. I feel like I need someone that I like oh, as an actress. Because <laughs> Can I go a bit rogue on this one and actually Absolutely. not take an actress? Yes. Weirdly enough. And I'm going to take a family member because I'm weird. Yeah, I guess. Um, but my sister, who I'm very close to and who's a year and a half younger than me, mm-hmm. makes really good impressions of me uh-huh. and obviously knows me inside out. So I feel she would be quite funny. Um, and would definitely take it the extra
0: mile to make
1: me look ridiculous in a film. So that's who I would go for.
0: Love that. Champling, like, the goofiness and all that good Exactly. Stuff. Love it. Brilliant. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And loved it. Wishing you all the best in your awesome career. Thank you so much. Thank you.